Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, Lil. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, Hockey World. It's Monday, July 25th, 2016. I'm Michael Agello. I'm Dan Petru. I'm Russ Cohen from Sportsology. Oops. I'm Jillian Fisher. <laughs> I like it. Jillian's, Jillian's, Jillian's stepped up the ladder to the final slot. And I'm Eklund. You're watching the Hockey Buzzcast on Hockey Buzz. I knew I was right. Christmas in July, and you're watching Hockey Buzzcast on HockeyBuzz.com, the podcast well, that comes to you every I was, Monday through I was Friday. I'm trying to psych you out. Yeah, thanks. Every Monday through Friday throughout the year, brought to you by you people who have who are who are happily, um, or at least we hope happily, supporting us on Patreon.com. <laughs> at Patreon.com, giving us money. Right, Patreon.com/slash/hockey. Um, who and uh, for those of you who are who are supporting us, there will be a show immediately following this one. That if you go to Patreon, I'm going to post. Um, right after this show, I will post the link. You'll be able to go there, go to Patreon. Go, and if you if you put in at least five bucks a month, I mean, you chose the I bought, you know, um, I, I chose this T-shirt over a date with Mike. Uh, then you're you're good. You're good. You can watch the show. And, and if you want to be on that show, email me at eklandhockeybuzz.com and say just put guests or you know or host or something like that for the show into the into the title of your of your of your email, and I will try to get you in. Or Mike is greatness. That would be good. Or Mike is great, right? And it's yeah. gonna be yeah. So it's gonna be fun. So we'll have all of us will be on for a bit, I think, and we'll be in different things, and it'll be fun. So we just really want to do that. We didn't do one last week because we had technical issues. I think we they've all been figured out as to how to post this so we can keep out the bad people, no, <laughs> not bad people, but just you know, just make this available only to those of you who subscribe. We appreciate that. I'll give stuff away too. Anybody signing up today, let me know what team you like. I'll give stuff away. Nice. Anybody signing up today will get something. Wow. See, Dan and you guys are awesome. You guys are awesome. Dan and Russ are always giving away good things. I will too, but I'll wait. I'll wait for the show. And actually, no. You know what? I won't. Here's what I'll give away. All hey, right. All Star Relic Claude Giroux. They don't make that many All Star Relics, so it's a really good card. First, nice. new, first newbie who signs up today, I'll give it to you. There you go. So yeah, you sign up today. Just say what team you like, and you'll get a gift. Very okay. good. Thank you very much. Here's, here's another. Here's another enticement. Uh, I I was going through some of my uh, cards at my uh, in my storage facility in suburban Buffalo, which is also my all called my mother's basement, and I found this. It's a Ricky Henderson rookie that is <laughs> so beat up that That's, it looks um, like it was. Yeah, I it can see here. It's a little rough. Yeah, it's a little, little rough. Yeah, I respect that. You know why I respect that, Mike? I bet you actually played with that card and enjoyed it. Well, this is not one of those cards that I put in like the spokes right. of my bike, but I don't know how the hell it got this way, but it's severely damaged. But it is a Ricky Henderson rookie, so for a donation of, let's say, $15 a month or more, you're going to get this card. There you go. Also, if you give $15 a month, I will give you something really good. Guarantee <laughs> you something really good. With, it's nice, but I'll also I'll add on to that and give you something with four sharp corners. Nice with four sharp corners. That's fun. All my cards got destroyed as a kid because I would um what my hockey cards at least I would I would tape them to my rod hockey players 
Um, uh, like so, that's I like that. That's cool. It was fun, you know, and that's what I would do. So I would, I would, I would have my own little like leagues going. So I would tape them, you know, and I would pull them off, and I would. I would tape them stuff too, like the posters and stuff. I did that. Yeah. Too. I mean, the spin hockey players—they were like the old, the old Bobby Hull hockey, where they were just flat. Oh, yeah. They were totally flat players, you know. They were flat pieces of metal. I had, I had rod hockey. I think it was. Um, I had Flyers versus Penguins. I think it was. Wow. Rod hockey. I had, I had Montreal versus. Let me see what I Jillian's call. looking up rod hockey. Really? <laughs> really? I thought Jillian? I wanted something different. It's bubble hockey. Besides, yeah, the it's bubble boy hockey. Oh, bubble hockey! Have... What this freaking? No, not the bubble. They called it rod hockey. It's not hockey. bubble. It's Before the hockey. bubbles came, it was just without the bubbles. Like the little you, you might play. Oh, I've actually that? never played rod hockey. I played bubble hockey. Okay, yeah, rod hockey is just a smaller, like little household version of it. It's a household version. Yeah. Nobody ever called it. For excited guys, but nobody ever called it what, Russ? Russ said they never called it rod hockey. I think that's totally wrong. Everybody called it rod hockey. It was at that point. I believe it was just like tabletop yeah. hockey. I got to see what they yeah. called the Bobby Hall game. Hold on. All right, let's get into the show. Let's when get into the show. When you call hockey, the first thing that comes up is table hockey games. So tabletop hockey. Right. Is what they so this okay, is like, fine. this is like soda or pop or you know like one of those things. It's really you t- <laughs> right, right. You tell us what you called it. Um, what you called rod hockey? I mean, never got. What you call it, rod hockey? Stick hockey. Rod hockey. I had an air hockey table. That's what that was a joint Christmas gift my brother and I got, and my parents regretted it because we fought a lot. Air hockey is amazing. <laughs> air we, hockey. Air, we have air hockey tournaments. My wife, by the way, we always have this. Last thing I'll say, we'll get in the show. But the last, my, when we have parties here at my house, which of course you guys have never been invited. No, to. we've never been. Um, but when we Thank do have parties for my friends, um, and her friends, they um. We always one of the things we'll typically do is have a field of thirty two, if we have thirty two or a field of sixteen of parties of 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 a ice hockey I mean air hockey game. So air hockey tournament. We set it up, we put the names in the hat, we have the big, you know, big whiteboard and I put all the I seat everybody and stuff like that. It's fun. And my wife has won five of these in a row. All right, that's how good air, air hockey she is. So you're looking at, you know, just strangers coming in, and lots of guys are like, Oh, I'm not the big big guys are like, Oh yeah, we can not not strangers necessarily. We don't invite strangers into our house. But you know, that's what I'm saying. There you have it. So you also don't invite friends. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Coworkers. We just had somebody just. Uh, we just had somebody pledge five bucks. Awesome. Okay. What team? I don't, I don't know. I'll find I'll out. Give them the Claude Giroux card. I will right, find out. Ask him what. Yeah. Ask him what team. Or if not, I'll just go get something good anyway. Thank you. Thanks. Thanks very much for you, for, you, for that. I get little things, little alerts. My whole family's like, Yay! We got another pledge. Um. All right. So here we go. Um. The we're gonna we're gonna talk a little bit about. Yankee Hatgate to start with the show because, you know, it was Austin Matthews, right? Yeah. Austin Matthews, yeah. It was a post on Instagram. I just thought it was kind of funny. Mm-hmm. Uh, nothing serious. It was just he posted, and it was him and a couple of his friends, and it was a silly picture. And he and in the picture, like you wouldn't notice it at first, he has a Yankees cap on, and. I happen to, I do this and I read the comments, which is, anybody should know this, you should never read the comments, but nope. um, <laughs> I so I, I read them, I don't abide by society. Stupid! And a lot of people were giving him, not like, they weren't mean, they were just like saying, yo, we're, you gotta switch that to a Blue Jays hat now. Uh, like, they weren't like, I don't, maybe some were probably legitimately pissed, um, but most of them seemed they were like joking around about it. Yeah. And at first I was like, well, who cares? And then I thought, hey, if that was my team, my player, I might be a little bit salty about it. This is the same debate that happened a few years ago when LeBron James was wearing a Yankees hat. Mm-hmm. And he right. teams at Yankee Stadium. 
and he's a Yankees fan, but because he's from Akron, that he should be, you know, it should be in his DNA to be a Cleveland Indians fan. And all I can say is the same thing I said back then. The Cleveland Indians have had a history of losing. They've, they've, they haven't won a World Series since 1948. So I can understand why somebody would want to root for a 27-time world champion like the New York Yankees. Austin Matthews is from Arizona. If he, you know, if he was wearing a Diamondbacks hat, that would make sense. <laughs> to actually, to put some context on this, okay, Mike is a Yankees fan, okay, and yes. throw this out there. This is this is important in the whole theme of this story. Sure. Um, and you know, of course, Dan and Russ are, are Mets fans, correct? Oh uh, no, I'm not. I'm, I am a Yankees fan. Oh, you're a Yankees fan. Okay. But I will say I'm not really a baseball fan. I just okay. I like the sport. Okay. I don't really. I'm a casual Yankee fan. Okay, so Russ is a Mets fan. Grew up a right, Mets right. Written books about the Mets and everything, and so you know, so that's why we have a fun little fun with this because you know, I'm I'm a believer that you know, that this is a psychologically tells you something about Mike. Like for example, like because the whole concept here is, that, you know, so we have like, you know, Mike is a Leafs fan, which is like horribly depressing and sad because they don't win. <laughs> okay, so in order to counter that in his life, you take the baseball team that's won the most and go with them. So you have like you know. The Leafs have won the second most in the NHL history. So. Yeah, but not in your lifetime. So yeah, and why I mean, all the pictures? All the pictures in the crib. Are black and white. I was in the crib. You were you were you were, were you alive when they won the Stanley Cup? I was alive when they won the Stanley Cup, and I promptly celebrated by taking a dump in my diapers. Um, <laughs> he was 22 at the time. <laughs> I see. I, I thought I thought I was older than you, but you're, I guess you're older than me, huh? Yes, I am. So so all but. Right. But, but the whole point is here, I don't think that there would be this hue and cry if he was wearing an Arizona Diamondbacks hat because he's from Scottsdale. It's because the Yankees and the Blue Jays have a hate-hate relationship. They're the same, yeah. But yeah. I'll tell you no, something. I think it's Yankees yeah. no. like, Yankees when, fans don't hate the Blue Jays. Thanks, no. Jillian. You can go first. I was just going to say, when so when I was in college, there were students who were studying abroad from various countries in Europe and a couple of them wanted to get baseball caps to send back to their friends. And I was trying, they were near Philly, I was like, you should get a Phillies one, that, that's where you kind of are. They wanted a Yankees one, because that is like such an American thing to them. That is, the Yankee is the symbol. And that's why I, it's a little different for me, because it's a Yankees hat. Like if it was, again, if he was wearing maybe, maybe a Mets hat, it might be a little different, because then, he, then I'd be interested to see what his ties to the Mets were. It's not that big of a deal, I thought it was kind of silly. Um, well, and I know we're going a little far, but I, we're going there. We're going far for a reason because I have something. Here's, here's the easy way to explain it for me. In the younger generation now, they just wear hats to wear hats. It's not right. like 20, 30 years ago where you really wore it if you liked it. I started learning that when every celebrity on earth wore a Yankee hat, and then you would see the oddball who would wear the Met hat. But otherwise, I realized it just became part of like a status symbol. Not because they liked it. Allen Iverson wore a Yankee hat, and no one in Philly even cared. Look, Bill Guerin played a couple of years with the Islanders. He wore a Red Sox hat at every time he wasn't in a suit, and no one cared at all. Oh, he did that. He yeah, did and, totally and, screw with everybody. You know, Bill Guerin. I mean, that was totally to mess with people. Yeah, but you know, he's from Boston. He's a huge yeah. Red Sox fan. But no, my point is, no one ever, no one gave him like, Allen see, Iverson's a totally different personality for me. Well, so are celebrities, and so is Mike. There's a there's a common thing with these Yankees fans that you know Iverson and celebrities and Mike, they all have this one thing going for them. Um, well, and that. <laughs> well, let me just say, a, let me just say a final thing. It's like yeah. the worst thing that Austin Matthews could do right now is change to a Blue Jays hat for one simple. <laughs> No, no, for one simple reason, not not because you know, but because 
it's the Rex Ryan effect. Rex right. Ryan was a Maple Leafs fan. He comes to Buffalo, and all of a sudden, he's making millions of dollars. Terry Pagula is putting it in his pocket, and he's like, oh, I'm a Sabres fan now. Right. No, you're an idiot because, you know, if you're proud of being a fan of a team, then stay fan of a team. It doesn't matter who's paying you. But you Well, know, unless now, you're playing in the same league as that other team, in which case, yeah, that's a... That, you know. This is where I get Charlie McAvoy credit because he knows that he's a Long Island guy, but he's drafted by the Bruins. And he actually said at the draft, now I will cut ties with my New York teams. Yeah. And I get that because he doesn't want to face any scrutiny because New York and Boston do really hate each other. And so, like, some of that exists, but he diffused it immediately, and that's the way you should do it as an athlete. But it doesn't really matter if you wear a hat. So moving matter. moving to my final little bit about the story, okay, because I know this is this – is, this, we should have moved on uh, a couple minutes ago. But here we go. I, I, well, I, had a Flyers, I had a television show for a while called Flyers Buzz TV, and on that show – um, which I did with the Flyers and Comcast. We, I would drive players around in the back of my car, and I and I would interview them as we went along, and it was fun. And I, there's so I found this video of it, okay, of the of the episode where I drove Claude Giroux around, and this was when this was before Giroux was a Flyer. He was the Flyers were on the road and they were coming back home, and they were supposed to come back home. And I was it was a Tuesday. I was supposed to have I forget who it was, but some player on the team. Giroux was still with the Phantoms, um, and the Flyers did a horrible, horrible road trip, and Hitchcock decided that they weren't going to come home because <laughs> they, 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 they had to go to another road game. And, and they were going to come home and have like a day off and then head back out again. He said, no, we're staying out. So suddenly I was screwed because I, I had to have an interview done by Thursday, and I went to the Phantoms, and I went and I, and I asked Claude Giroux, who I had just met. and he, So this is actually the first Giroux interview I think that was ever really done um, in depth about it. So I did this thing, and... So this is a little bit of it. It's pretty funny. I thought this. So when I thought when I heard this, and I want to show, tell you something about how much people care about this kind of stuff. So here I go. I'm gonna. I'll, I will sh share the screen. So this is um. So here's the show. So this is like this is me, of course, you know, driving, but um, it's coming. <laughs> in. So I drove around, you know, and there's there's Claude Giroux. Look. Oh, okay. Wait, there's a dinosaur back there. Uh, the dinosaur is another story. That's a long story for another day. But I would always have an inflatable dinosaur behind the players when I interview them. Um, but. Oh, he's wearing a Yankee hat. He's wearing a Yankees hat. And now I showed this inter I showed this interview like as typically was the case before it aired. I had to go, you know, to the Flyers and show them what I was going to put on the air and, and what and they had to approve it. You know, so I went to the Flyers press and I was I was home home one afternoon. They're like, you got to come in. We got to discuss the show with you. And it sounded like I was just I sounded like they were just going to cancel the show. I'm like, oh man, what? I'm like, all right. So I'm not close. So I'm like an hour away. So I drive in. I get there. And they pull this up, and they're like, "There is no way we're putting our future player on 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 our television station with a Yankees hat on." And this this is the flyer. So, so the teams do care about this. Um, they they did end up yielding, <laughs> putting it on, but um, because I couldn't interview anybody else, but. It was like so, but Claude and Claude was great, by the way. I should put a link. This is a really fun interview to watch because he was he was really legitimately nervous to do this interview because he had never done a big time interview before. I mean, I'm not a big time interview, but I'm like the first interview he could do. So anyway, I thought that was pretty funny. So when I saw the Austin Matthews thing, I had to bring that up because that was kind of cool. Okay. Thanks. <laughs> you no, know, I was there when Claude Giroux scored his first pro goal for for the Phantoms. Oh yeah. And I got the first question with him, and I said. Hey, do you think Bobby Clark will remember your name now? And he started cracking up and said, "Yeah, I think he will." <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. Really, I mean, just. Have you guys oh, man. ever seen this picture of me? It was I think, in 2010. It was like right. It was the season. I think that was the season where he started really become like people started to notice him on the Flyers. Let's see. Uh, 
And yep. it was the Halloween game. And so my mom was like, yeah, people dress up for the Halloween game. And I was like, okay, we'll, we'll go. My friend and I will dress up. We had these cute little 70s girl costumes on, and we made signs. I thought I was hilarious when I made these signs. Um, it said, Jeru is groovy, and the flyers are far out. Nice. Awesome. Hold on. Wait a second. Yeah, keep talking. This, yeah, I'm, I, 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 so we were, the weirdest thing say it because I can flick them. So I, I can change it. we showed up, we saw nobody dressed up. Nobody. <laughs> so could you imagine being in that outfit and, like, seeing everybody walk by and all of a sudden you're like, where the hell is everybody dressed up? And we sat in the car for probably 15 minutes, terrified to get out because we, like, I mean, we had these glasses on. You I don't, you couldn't really see them in there. They were peace sign glasses. Nice. We had the, the, the go-go boots. I had white go-go boots that came up to my knees and were big heels. My friend had black go-go boots. <laughs> and when we were walking, I said we were like mini celebrities. People were asking to get pictures with us and, like, <laughs> It was the, probably one of the craziest Flyers games I've been to. It was against the Islanders, and it was like 7-1 to one or something like that. It was just the wildest, wildest night. And so these guys come up to us, and they're like, hey, we had this box. We want you guys to come into our like the luxury box with us. And we were like, there cool. we go." And they were like, well, can we get your number? And so I, was, I thought, again, I think I'm hilarious sometimes. And I was like, oh, we're from the 70s. We don't know what a cell phone is. And like booked it away from them. That's <laughs> well done. That's well done. response. That's excellent. Oh man. Good answer. Good thinking. Escape route. Bye. I like when yeah. I like when people come dressed up for Halloween. I think it's always cool. Man, I'm surprised. People were dressed up, but when you think about you know eighteen thousand people. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. No, you only is. have a couple hundred. You're not going to really see them. In well, the they have. They, they always had a um <laughs> very funny thing where they you know they always have a competition with the um with the with the Halloween costumes and and it does get pretty. There's like five or six that are very good, and then after that it really isn't. You know, there's there's only like there's probably like twenty people in the arena, right? Yeah. But speaking of the Flyers, Braden Shen has uh, come to terms with. Um, it always sounds like it's always like it, to me that whenever I say come to terms, it always sounds like he's decided there's no other options but to do this. He's come to terms with the Philadelphia Flyers on a four-year contract, uh, about five point two. Five point one two five. Right, yeah. five point one two five, um, give or take, you know. And at, this is not what any, but it was really funny. Even yesterday, the the Flyers media was sort of panic, was saying this is not going to happen. There, there, the mainstream Flyers media was really kind of, you know, we got kind of thought it would happen. I didn't have any. And there was definitely a game going on between the agent and Hextall, sure. where they were both saying this is not going to happen. Right? That that was for sure, and and that which is usually typical, but it is amazing how arbitration just brings these things. It's an, it's it's a cool system when you think about it, how these things yeah. just get done. I mean, Ron Hextall said himself, it's a deadline. He knows it's right. a deadline, and they treated it as such. The only thing that's getting me mad about this is the people that think that it's an overpayment. It's like, if you think about it, it's not. I don't care. And listen, if you want to tell me he scored half his goals in the second half of the season, I don't care. At the end of the day, he was their third leading scorer, their second leading goal scorer. If he had gone to arbitration, he would have gotten more money for a one-year salary. So just stop with the other nonsense. I do think some people think maybe that he it's too much because initially the, the first number they heard was in the $4 million. So all of a sudden, like, whoa, whoa, wait, wait, why are we paying more? And right. I think that's just some people, they initially hear a lower number, and why is it more now? So I think that's part of it, but I would agree. I think that it's... a pretty wait, fair wait. deal, and if he goes to arbitration, I don't, I don't want to know, I don't want to, because I don't want to pay too much more than that amount. With all these guys, you're paying 
for unrestricted years. So you're, right. you're, the, the price is going to be jacked up. And if you look at the comparables, uh, you know, Jaden Schwartz was five years, 5.35. Yeah. Uh, now Shen is five, four years, 5.125. And the, the Kreider deal was under, was under $5 million for four years. So it's comparable. And uh, I, I don't think it's a bad deal for the Flyers. Um, I mean, the one thing is, and you have to say this about the Kreider deal and about the deal with Shen, the four-year window, the four-year term, leaves them the ability to turn an unrestricted free agent at age 28 or 29. And they will be able to, you know, especially with free agency drying up, which we you know, see, see it happening every year, them hitting the open market as a 28 or a 29-year-old, they'll still be able to get a big long-term contract if they continue to put the numbers up that they're putting up right now. So that that makes a lot of sense for them. That's probably not friendly to the team, but it's friendly to the player. Yeah. No, I think so. I mean, I, I think I think you know what we usually end up with arbitration is you know, if as long as players are with them, when they say they're a million dollars apart, I don't worry about it. Like when they say they're Three million dollars apart. I think about it, but you know, a million dollars apart because everyone's freaking out yesterday that they were a million dollars apart. I, I don't really think that that's okay. that's something. That, I mean, as crazy as it sounds to anybody who works for a living, um, a million dollars <laughs> apart. But um, yeah, it should be something that would matter to you. But yeah, I think that they managed to find you know that they and they pretty much did cut it right in the middle on this one for the most part. Um, you know, as as was to be expected a little bit. I will say this: the the last lockout we had, I proposed to the NHL and, and the NHLPA. Like I was talking to them throughout the whole thing as usual, and I proposed to them at one point that why don't they put an arbitration thing into the NHL contract that if they couldn't solve it by a certain point in time, it would go to an arbitrator, and they would have to actually, you know, because yeah. you know this to me that was like if if they love arbitration so much, why don't they just do it with the whole with the NHL and the NHLPA? You know, just so because it, you, it would get done. The, the the idea is these deadlines do get it done, and um. Yeah, to me that's really well. I mean, there's another example of that. I mean, um, it's not a, it's not big news. Peter Holland from the Leafs uh, agreed to a settlement uh, today, but the difference between the offers, he asked for 2.1 million. The Leafs offered 900 thousand. Right. So. so you, yeah, so you're talking about doubling, you know, like that's it's it's significant. I mean, when you're doubling your salary, a million dollars is doubling your salary. That's very significant, obviously. And they ended up meeting, you know, like not even halfway. It was like 1.3 million, so he got an extra four hundred thousand dollars from the offer that the Leafs made. But you know, the the agent usually offers a, an amount that's so or or puts up an amount that's so ridiculous. And and Holland had nine goals last year, and you know, two million dollars for a nine goal scorer is a little out of whack. Here's the one thing that I've noticed, though, and this is now a trend. We've, we've seen it with Chris Kreider. We've seen it now with Shen, and we probably same thing with Johansson. What do you get? Did he get four or five? Uh, I got four. He got four also. Okay. All around the same age. All yep. going to be free agents around the same age. So because the team didn't sort of choose them as core players, now all of a sudden, year five, you're probably not going to be retaining that guy anymore unless things go great. And that's the one thing, teams, this has now become a little bit like the NBA where if you don't pay enough attention to certain guys, this is the eventual outcome. Now, they've got Shen for four years, don't get me wrong, but in four years, that's maybe exactly when the Flyers are on the cusp and then they yeah. really might need Shen for that fifth year that they couldn't sign him for because he wants to be a free agent. And that's right. also going to play with Hextall's system because at 29 – would Ron Hextall want to sign him to a five- or a right. six-year deal because that right. goes against his plan? 
So that's right. where this is all going to be tested down the road. And more than likely, he's going to be looking at that point for that last big contract. He'll be looking for six or seven years. Right. 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 No, I think that's true. I'm, I'm, while we had um, Dan, I wanted to throw this out there. Something um, real, real quick, real yeah. quick. Uh, Damien is the one who made the donation. Flyers fan. Oh yeah. I'm gonna send them. I'm gonna send them a Nick Cousins ice rookie. Very and nice. Nick Cousins ice jersey rookie. Wow. So send, yeah, there you go. Oh, and I told Mike give him the Giroux card too, so he hit the jackpot. Yeah, yeah he hit the jackpot. jackpot. Thanks so much. He did. For Good yeah. work. Good work. Good work, guys. And and after this show, check out. Make sure you check out. You know, go to go to Patreon.com and look for the link that you'll see. A, you'll see in our on our little page there the link that's only visible to people who donate five dollars or more a month. So, it's right there. You'll see it. And um, okay, what were you gonna say? I was gonna say this. Um, the news coming out, and, and Jillian just posted in there in our chat, but I was gonna talk about it as well. Is that the fact that Twitter will live stream um, weekly games from the MLB and the NHL next year? That a deal has been struck, and Twitter already now Twitter's already live streaming. NFL games, correct. You know, and uh, that's that. That's kind of this. I don't know how this affects. You know, a couple of things I haven't figured out about this yet. Maybe you know something, Dan. I don't know. It, it, the concept here, obviously, this is done with MLAB, ML BAM. You know, right. BAM. Yes. ML, MLB Advanced Media. But the the thought is, you know, if you have a game, if you have Game Center, I think you're still getting the games. I don't think this changes anything. I think it's just another way of another way of yeah. streaming it. It says right, on TechCrunch. Right. Sorry, go ahead, Dan. No, go ahead. Go ahead, Jillian. The, the article on TechCrunch says the live streams will be available for free to out-of-market viewers, right? Uh, whether they're logged into Twitter or not. And they will. Twitter is also going to have a nightly sports highlight show called The Rally, produced by the mobile video company 120 Sports. Yeah. And The Rally and NHL oh, games will be available in the United States. All right. Okay. You know 120 Sports. sports is, yeah, 120 Sports is good. I have some friends from work for them. They're based out of Chicago. Um, I have some. Yeah, they're they're good. They they're uh, they're online only. Uh, you guys should check them out. They cover all four sports. They do a really good job with hockey too. So yeah, I've, but, yeah, I've checked them out. They're, yes, I agree with you, Dan. They are good. Yes. <laughs> I actually have their app on my phone. <laughs> I, I do too. Yeah, they do a nice job. The first take is, you know, the NFL stream was miserable for the game last year. Now, was that because it was in London? Maybe. Uh, it's because they weren't using BAM. Yeah, BAM, BAM we'll does streaming well. I mean, we have to see what happens with BAM and their and Twitter and how that interacts. We don't know how it's going to be yet. We assume it's going to be good, but the NFL one was horrible. The other thing is, I don't know. Now, I know for me, and, and again, I'm not the probably the right demographic. I'm not watching a sport highlight show on Twitter. I might look and see if there's some sports news on Twitter, yes, but I'm not sitting on Twitter for a half an hour watching a sports show. But if you if you've right, touched you're in the so party. many of my friends have, you don't get ESPN. Right, that's right. Fair. Right. So, yeah. Here's the thing too is a year ago I didn't have ESPN and I was getting my stuff on Twitter. That's really where I was getting my news. Okay. If you just want to see a highlight or two and you don't want to sit through a whole thing, you go on Twitter and find the highlight yeah, as opposed to yeah. sitting in front of the TV. No, I, think I, think it's a, I think it's great. I think they're really appealing to that audience who is is cutting the cord. And to get in on that is huge. This but is it, a smart they, move, yeah. They're not getting rid of the other stuff. Like It's not like everything else is going away. Right. The, day, the days of going to Sports Center for highlights or even going to... I mean, see, I think there are some people who go to the like the ESPN well, website or other websites to look for the for the highlights. But I think the day of you know going at eleven o'clock and looking for highlights of something are over with. Yeah, this let's isn't about highlights time. though. This is this is honestly not about highlights. This is about this is about engaging during the game live. Sure. Like the concept of Twitter is that you know that you go to Twitter to talk to your friends as the game's happening. That was a great play. Oh, this, I hated this. I get it for the game, 
I do get why they're doing the yeah. game on there. I just hope it's better quality. That's all I'm saying. I think the game idea is fine. I'm saying for the highlight show or obviously whatever the sports show is, right. I get that you might not want to go to Sports Center anymore, and I would I would guess that this is pretty much the death of the 11 o'clock news sports right. person on your local news channel too. Right, and then and that's 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 why that's why I think what what uh, the the NFL is doing with the red zone where people are going in and checking out the scores lot at the scoring live, or what the, the MLB Network does with live cut-ins to games. That's where it's going because it's instantaneous. It's when the events are happening. It's not waiting an hour and a half to see a highlight of something that happened that everybody already knows about. Like just to give you a little look behind the curtain, when we go through our rundown for like tonight, I'm doing the six to nine MLB tonight. Make sure you watch. Um, <laughs> six to seven is completely scripted because no games are going on yet. So right. from six to seven, we have the entire show blocked out. As soon as seven o five hits and first pitch hits, the rundown is pretty much the the rundown for the next two and a half hours or two hours and fifty minutes is pretty much nothing. It's pretty much empty. Just some sponsorship elements and that that's it because the games are dictating what we're talking about. Right, that's interesting. Yeah, and I think that I mean, you guys probably have some things you can go to if the games are horribly boring. Yes, right? we but, could, we could. But you, you, you know, when you have ten, even if you have just two or three games on, you can tell a compelling story. And you have days where you have ten, twelve, fifteen games, and it's it's really easy. Yeah, that last pitch was a foul. That last pitch was a foul. Ah, uh, stop! <laughs> I can't. But I'm, no, no, I'm that's not finding actually, anything compelling about actually. This. Some people think baseball is exciting and interesting, Act. No, Mike, here's the difference, actually. Trying to do that with hockey is hard. It doesn't translate as well because you can go to a game for two or three minutes and nothing happens. Right. Whereas when you're doing baseball, hey, Bryce Harper's up. Let's look at him. Okay, right. Mike Trout's up. Let's look at him. Those are just in little instances. And even if nothing happens, you can still react off of it. Whereas yeah. you can go to a hockey game for three minutes and get four icings and two offsides. No, you're, you're actually – I mean, I, I – this is a busy time of the year with close to the trading deadline. I bust on baseball all the time. Sorry. I, would, I, I mean, would, I, 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 I do find a time when I want to watch grass grow, and I go to baseball games. I do. I, I would, would want you, that to happen. What you need um, in that instance when there's three icings in like a minute and a half is somebody who can talk through anything. And I, I don't know anybody like that. To, 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 to alleviate your concerns. <laughs> I don't know anybody like that. You need a certain um, intellect to watch baseball. I get that. Actually. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. To alleviate your concerns, Russ, on Emma, on 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 the streaming. Um, yes. HBO. Okay, understand that what HBO would, had Game of Thrones on years ago, and they had a disaster streaming, right? And they went to ML Bam to fix that. Okay. Um, so this is this is a company that there's absolutely. I mean, you know, there's nothing there's worse. Not, I mean, there's no question. I would never argue that. No, this is just this is the best. I mean, if it can be done, they'll do it. That's what I'm saying. Nobody's conquered doing Twitter now too. Nobody's conquered now? Twitter with the live streaming. Until someone conquers Twitter with the live streaming, I will give them the gold star the minute it's up there and it's clear and it's good. Trust me. Well, so never, like I said, it'll be fine. If, if Bam works for every other outlet, it's going to work for a live stream of Twitter uh, for Twitter as well. Yep, 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 yep. All right, let's just talk. Honestly, Twitter is just taking the same source that Bam's putting out, so it should work. Now, look, th there might be some bugs the first couple days, but they'll mm -hmm. get it going. Just like NHL TV, the first couple days it was buggy, then it would, then it looked better than actually oh, looking at it. Oh, it looks really TV. good now. Yeah, yeah. And NHL, NHL streaming, you can say all you want about the new website. The streaming is phenomenal. Oh, um, streaming is great. Islanders, okay, let's move on. Islanders in Belmont Park before we get on to number five, which we want to talk about. So uh, Islanders in Belmont Park. Uh, what are your thoughts on this, Dan? It's an interesting story that's breaking. 
Uh, well, if if you guys uh, go to go to hockeybuzz.com, click on my latest article. We got Jim Bobek. Uh, he was the uh, guy from Newsday who broke the story on this. Mm-hmm. Uh, we sat down with him last night and then we interviewed him. Um, and if anything more happens on this, we can definitely have him on the show again. He's becoming a friend of the show because stories are changing every week. It's it's interesting. Like the first one came out with Willits Point, and I'm like, we've been talking about Willits Point for 15 years. You know, it's still a bunch of chop shops. I, I don't see anything happening there. But then when you see a second story come out, you know, where there's smoke, there's fire. Like, I, like look, I don't know if this is just leverage to fix what's going on in Brooklyn. Um, but you can make it clear that Jonathan Ledecky is the owner who is in charge of a hockey team. This is his hockey team, and if he doesn't like what he's getting in Brooklyn, he's going to go elsewhere, and it's going to be in New York, though. He made that very clear. It's funny. He In his press conference, he didn't say he was committed to Brooklyn. He said, I am committed to New York, which opens up a lot of a lot of opportunities, and I actually think Belmont Park would be really good. Yes. Well, here's, here's the inside stuff I heard a little bit on Belmont Park. And that is, look, I've been there, right? I lived on the island. Everybody's gone out there and partied, and and it's great. But it's not what it used to be as far as attendance. Horse racing is sort of dying in attendance. They try to bring in gambling and other things. So they're looking for something else there to sort of keep people coming there and build attendance. And that is a good thing to have happen because otherwise – Belmont Park can go the way of Roosevelt Raceway, and if you've never heard of Roosevelt Raceway, then look it up. But I even went there as a kid. And so I think this is a smart thing to sort of, if they want to keep Belmont going, keep the Islanders on the island, it makes sense. But the the idea is that it's not happening tomorrow. The no. Islanders have like four more years on their deal before the out, and it will take that long for that place. Uh, to however, uh, Baumbach was reporting that, that the, the actual opt-out is next year. They can trigger the Islanders can trigger it. Many people believed it was in year four. It's actually after year wow. two. So this okay. time next year they could trigger that, and then they can negotiate it how they want to, which wow. is very interesting. But then they won't have a place to play. They, this place is not going to be built by them. Right, but I'm sure they can negotiate something, a place to play in the meantime. They could probably stay in Brooklyn until they – look, we, I don't know. But this, I just find this whole thing fascinating that for 15 years the Islanders could not get an arena even when they tried to pay for it themselves, yeah. and now they have multiple places courting them. That or blows could, my mind. Or they could go back to the Coliseum for a couple of years. Well, it's under yeah, – they could, they, could, they could go there for a year if it's ready in time. Yeah, that's up to the NHL because it only has the 13,000 seats, which isn't spec. Yeah, but uh, the NHL does things like this as, as, as you know, intermediate things all the time. This is not yeah, – it wouldn't okay. be uncommon for them to go to that. But the capacity – I think a lot of this is leverage to fix what they want to fix in Brooklyn starting with the ice. True. Starting right. with the ice. Yeah. The, capa- the capacity at Barclays is only, what, 15? Isn't it? 15, yes. Yeah, so, I mean, yeah. 15 to 13, if they had to go someplace for a year or two, I mean, it's it's money. It's significant money, but if they're if it's – a situa- situation where they're going to leave Barclays because they don't, they're not, the sight lines are lousy or whatever. I mean, they could, they would have a place to go, and it would not, it would be sort of a, you know, at least it's traditional. It's where they played before. Here's the other I thing: was, I, people have talked about it. We wrote about this in a, in a couple of our Ranger books, but the New York Americans actually shared Madison Square Garden with the Rangers, mm-hmm. and. Same as the, when when the Yankees shared Chase Stadium with the uh, Mets, I kind of wonder if that would ever happen. I don't think it would, but you never know. Well, hey, you know, the recent history, the uh, the Islanders never lose there, so that that could that could work out. Um, but with that being said, it's 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 very clear, and I, I was told too that that Jonathan Ledecky is an owner who wants to own a hockey team. That's all he wants to do. He also doesn't love the fact 
that um, the Islanders gave up control of their operations for the $50 million a year from Barclays. And I was actually told uh, by someone with knowledge of the situation that Ledecky said he would rather make $15 million a year and have control of his hockey team, the marketing, the operations, all of that. Wow. Wow. So this that, is that, interesting. This is going to be very interesting. interesting. This it, 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 out. The only thing I'll say about this is when I was flying to Vancouver during the Olympics, I was with actually a bunch of Islanders people. And this is, of course, when Charles Wang still on the team. And we were talking, we were on this, we were, I was on this plane forever, you know, flying to Vancouver. And uh, so I started talking to them about things, and they told me off the record at the time, you know, which is a long time ago, they're like, they always, they said, you know, this team's eventually going to be there. That's what they told me it would be. They said it would be in Queens, it'll be at the, it'll be at Belmont. And and, and they said they, there's a plot of land there, they, they know exactly what it is. They, and this is it's just always fascinating to me that when this came out, I was like, oh, wow, well. Maybe they, and the interesting too, thing too is that land's owned by the state, so they right. don't have to go through right. the town and the county. Like then, the town and county yeah. is what kept everything held up in court. They told me that too, and I, I forgot. They told me that too. Suffolk County, Suffolk County's not as bad as Nassau County for corruption. But Belmont is in Nassau, though. Is it technically in Nassau? I thought it was far it's enough. In no, it, it's, it's in Nassau. No, it's in no. No, you're, you're thinking of Belmont Park. Belmont Race Park is is in because Belmont Park is in Suffolk. Belmont right. Race Park is in That's Nassau. Right. That's right. That's where I was getting confused. All right. So yep. we've been doing the numbers game here, and I wanted to jump on before we get out of the show today, and then we'll be back, like I said, in a little, in a few minutes to do the uh, to do a show with Patreon people. We're going to talk some rumors and stuff like that as well. Um, but um, and we'll also get into the Leafs backup goalie situation um, as it's developing, and and just you know, so stay tuned for that. Um, all right. So <laughs> wow, yeah, people are paying for that. That's great. Right. So we did number four, and there's a currently up there. The number four is crazy, of course. That's Bobby Orr versus Jean Beliveau. Really, there's nobody else. Two of the best players of all time. Two of whom were they number three or number five? Might win. And Rob Blake, thank you. And Rob Blake, right? But you know, so there we have number four. Um, now we're gonna do number five. We're gonna start with Dan on number five because Dan's got to go, and uh, we and I think that Dan has a obvious number five probably for us. Yes, uh, Ulf, no. Um, no, number Ulf. five for me. There's only there's only one then only one number five. Look, all credit to the next guy you're gonna name, who wore a red jersey with white trim. I get that, great player. But you can argue that Denny Poffin's one of the top three or four defensemen of all time. Also, the yeah. other guy you're gonna mention too, you can put in that same. That's but for me, his microphone is going. <laughs> I know I totally agree with you, and I I mean, what can you say? You know, um, the old I mean, you're still whistling about they're still whistling about Puffin to this day, which is astonishing. Right, right. Yeah, if you if you if you, if, you uh, if 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 a group of fans think you still stink, thirty years after you played or twenty years after you stopped playing, you did something right. And yeah, remember Pop Fan too. Like the thing about people, I mean, and actually to this day, I think Pop Fan's one of the better analysts on TV. Like when you actually. Really good. When you hear it, when you hear him interviewed on XM, or whenever I hear him on on his on television, and when I'm watching, I think he does a heck of a job. I or mean, the Isles Post podcast, he was one of our guests. Yeah, deep down, yeah, he's he's very good. I mean, you know. all right, guys, I got to run. All right, right. Yeah. so next we're gonna go to Jill. Whoa, 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 whoa! Wait a second. Wait a second. It's only I'm fair. the one who picked the winning pick for number four. Doesn't so, mean anything. What does that mean? Who cares? I'm going to say the same one that somebody else is going to say. So somebody no, else. no, 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 no. Jillian gets to go now. That's ramble the, on Jillian's choice. Oh, so That's really, really classy, Mike. Yeah, really. <laughs> Mike can have it. I don't care. No. Uh, again, I'm just going to say the one that everybody else is thinking. So. Well, but you deserve a shot to say that because you know if you haven't gone second yet. Okay. Like, 
I thought I went second when we did number zero. I don't or think one. so. Well, number now, number one now. Maybe no, you didn't go now. No, 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 you didn't. You didn't. I did. I no. thought I did because I said Bernie Perron. Yeah, Somebody but that wasn't second. That was like. All right, better. Nicholas Lindstrom. Lindstrom. Oh my God, Lindstrom. So. Nicholas Lindstrom. Yeah, I mean. Geez. Anybody surprised by that one? Yeah. Arguably the greatest European ever to play the game. I think you know. And when, I mean, you think about all the the medals he won with the, the Swedish team too. I mean, he's not just the NHL. So. No. I, no offense to Potman, who I watched his whole career. I think Lidstrom was better. It's not by a lot, but he was better. Yeah, no, I, I, I uh, yeah, I mean, this, this is, this is going to be a good one. It's, it's going to be a good one. one. It's hard, man. It's a really hard one, but I, I think, I mean, they're so different, right? I mean, if you obviously, if you could, if you, Lidstrom just is such a better skater, and and there's so many things about Lidstrom. Potman was such a more phys, was a more physical presence for sure than Lidstrom was. So it's a tough. I mean, they're 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 totally different kind of defensemen. To compare them is just tricky. I mean, I will say that Lindstrom is like to me. I I I think he is the best European to play in the NHL. Though that's that's a lot of people don't. For agree me, it's that. like for me, it's not that difficult. Like I I would pick yeah. Lindstrom over. I don't, I don't, see, I don't think Lindstrom would say that. I think he'd say that Borja Salming was the best. No, he probably he's would. He's even more hockey-like player, right? But Nick Nick Lidstrom was being humble because he's. I mean, Warrior Song was amazing, but Nick Lidstrom is. I mean, literally, the reason the Red Wings are have had have this playoff streak going <laughs> is probably because of Lidstrom through a couple of those years. I mean, he was literally good enough to get them in there a couple of years that they weren't all that great. So, I mean, that's my opinion. Mike, you can go third, though. Oh, thanks. Uh, <laughs> thank you so much. Uh, I'll go with Rod Langway. Norris Trophy winner with the Washington Capitals, had a good early career with the Montreal Canadiens, the prototype of the stay-at-home defenseman. Um, he'll probably end up finishing third behind uh, Potvin and, and uh, Lidstrom, so thank you for third place, everybody. <laughs> That's a good third-place speech, Mike. Russ, go ahead. <laughs> I'm going to go with Boom Boom Jeffreyon. This is a nice. guy who a lot of people only know from the light beer commercials, and look, I didn't watch him play either. But when you go back and analyze his career, he you know, he was way better than the jokester that he sort of, you know, people showed him as. He he was a fifty two Calder winner, he was an Art Ross winner, he was a Hart win he actually won the Art Ross twice, he was a Hart Memorial winner, he won five or six Stanley Cups, he was a fifty goal scorer. With the timing with his Leafs, the fourteen year time with the Leafs, he was like seven points short of a point a game player on a team stacked with guys and probably you wouldn't even think of Boom Boom Jeffrey on until you start talk, thinking about it. And then he went to a bad Ranger team for two years, which that's what killed his point totals. But otherwise, very solid player. And this guy was great. Uh, I also I like Blake Jeffrey on who um, who was his grandson. Yeah. He played in the NHL for a short time, had that head injury. But played for the Predators for a bit there. For the Predators. But I, I got to tell you, Boom Boom Jeffrey on was a heck of a player. I yeah. If you want, if you want a uh, want some entertaining. Uh, Hockey, go to YouTube and search Boom Boom Jeffrey on Stick Fight. And it's one of the most brutal stick swinging incidents oh, yeah, I've no, ever seen. It's yeah. it's unbelievable. And he yeah. took, a, took a baseball swing at a uh, at a New York Rangers player and knocked him out cold. No, it's amazing, isn't it? It's like today, would that, have, would oh, that ever God. be able to happen now? You know, it would never be able to happen now. It's crazy. I totally agree. Um, all right, I'm going to go with, I'm going to go a little bit old school on this one. Um, but I always liked this player because this is a player that I, my grandfather used to talk about this guy because he was a Bruins fan. Aubrey Victor Dit Clapper. Um, <laughs> now, if you if you remember, now if you, I don't know if you guys are familiar with Dit Clapper. I'm sure you are. 
We um, all know one. <laughs> anyway, he um he was the first NHL player. He's a Bruins player. First NHL player to play in 20 seasons as in the NHL, which is pretty interesting. And one of only two players to be an all-star in the entire history of the NHL at both forward and defense. How about that? That's great. Pretty interesting, interesting right? And he also invented the, the the mechanism that shuts the lights off when right. you hands. No, no. <laughs> he was part of the dynamite line, which was in Boston, which was like the people often say is the first line to ever like be called a line, some kind of line. Like you know, that was like yeah. that. You know, and I it's a really interesting character. Um, is that the Woody Dumart uh, Milt Schmidt line, or oh, that's the Kraut line? Okay. That's the Kraut line, yeah. He broke all kinds of records, like before Gordie Howe. Gordie Howe broke Dick Clapper's records. I mean, he was the guy. Like he was, he was the one who had all the scoring records and all that stuff. Um, he was just crazy. Um, towards the end of his career, he was a player's coach in the '30s, and then took over as a Bruins coach for a while. So, I mean, we're talking, yeah. I mean, he was definitely playing very, very early in his career. Um, but you know, he was, he was something else. He was, you know. So uh, there we go. So if you really want to go off the board a little bit. Dick Clapper. <laughs> let's watch this. Let's watch. Let's go out on the YouTube video of the stick fight. This will be fun. Hold on. Here we go. Good old nostalgia. Little nostalgia right here. Boom boom. Jeffrey on getting how why he was named Boom Boom for his. We think that's why he's named Boom Boom. Boom. It's just like he just takes. He took him out with his stick. Yeah. There he is wearing the famous number five, taking out a ranger of all things. You know. And then he became a Ranger, of course, because funny? when your career is almost over, you join the New York Rangers. Here it is again. Like a bad habit. He just look at his stick. Bam! Mm. Now, that would be like that would easily be a thirty game suspension. Oh. Now he makes Chris Simon look like an amateur. Do you that's think? That, I was going to say, do you think that's actually like nowadays that might get him just? Is there, get him I kicked out of the league more or less? Get, I mean, might a, got, he might get kicked out of the league for that. That's I mean, a pretty bad one. <laughs> I mean, this is like this. I mean, he should have gotten kicked out. Look at look at that. Yeah, that's a baseball. <laughs> that's a baseball swing at a guy's head, totally premeditated. No helmet, nothing. No helmet, just take him. I mean, that is insane. Brutal. <laughs> and the Rangers player is excited for you guys. Right? Talk about the league then. Wow, that was that was, that was, that was what, what year was that? I don't know. I think it was mid fifties. That's crazy. I mean, when you think about you know, I mean, that could be the worst stick swinging incident in the history of the NHL. I mean, honestly, I can't think of anything. I mean, I remember we talked about the others that are pretty bad, but like Donald Brashears and all that stuff. But my goodness, nothing like that. Nothing like that. All right, guys, we'll be back in just a few minutes. Um, if you're a Patreon subscriber, if not, just go about your day and enjoy yourself. Um. <laughs> Hopefully you'll enjoy yourself on our Patreon show. We'll get into some rumors and stuff like that. Um, so go to Patreon.com, and in about two minutes' time, you'll see a link pop up there. Remember, without the buzz, it is just hockey. We will talk to you soon. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.